You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about my growler, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, not like always, we've got American Soccer Analysis Editor Drew Olson. Uh, welcome, Drew. Uh, Thanks, yeah, Harrison is, is off, but we got a special guest. Uh, you might know him from, from his midfield play uh, for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Sean Davis is here. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, to give the audience a, a little bit of background, Drew and Drew and I have been emailing back and forth. Uh, you know, I obviously find what you guys do fascinating, and so um, yeah, the least I could do was was hop on for the podcast, and you know, hopefully give some insight on the on the player side, and um, you know what we think about what you guys do. So it's all really cool in my opinion, and yeah, just happy to be here. Awesome. So let's start with that. Like we are starting to see. Like on broadcast, you know, we'll see some of the the the, the broadcasters talk about XG. Uh, it's kind of hitting in analytics. Uh, we've definitely seen a couple coaches like mention it. Sometimes not always positively. Uh, we never really hear players talk about uh, analytics. So how did you get? Wait, can you talk about how you got interested in this? Like what, what your exposure was? Yeah, I think uh, well, a lot of it comes down to you know the culture at Red Bull, and so um, I think when we're preparing for games or preparation in general um you know every single detail is really important at the club and um they really analyze everything under a microscope and they're always trying to find ways to innovate innovate and do things better and so ever since i joined the team back in 2015 which was uh jesse's first year and you know ever since then i think the standard has been really high in terms of um you know information provided to us you know um analyzing the opponent analyzing ourselves and so there's always been a, a strong culture of looking at data and trying to understand data to help improve our our overall play and you know to get a little more specific you know how i found out about you guys is uh last year i think a couple of weeks before jesse left for europe uh you know i walked into my uh locker uh, at the facility and you know i found the article and i actually dug through you guys uh, archives and I found the exact article. So for anyone that's listening, if they wanted to check it out, it's called pressing defensive lines and what defensive <laughs> actions correlate with goals. And so yes. it was a, uh, it was a great piece. And, you know, I even read over it a little bit last night um, to familiarize myself with it again. And it just went into great depth about our system and um, you know, what makes us click, what makes us good, what makes us difficult to play against. And, you know, in the end, what makes us successful. And so I think Jesse got a real kick out of that. You know, he must have if he was sharing it with uh, myself and other players. And, um, you know, I think he took a lot of pride in that because it highlighted, um, you know, at the in the very core of the principles that we use, you know, how important those um, tactics are and how effective they are. And I think, uh, you know, this is kind of like his baby. And so to see it highlighted on um, in such a good way was uh, really interesting and um you know that's kind of my first exposure to to what you guys do and um you know i've been trying to follow along uh, ever since then 
And obviously you've only played for, for one team, but obviously had right. lots of coaches. Is this like, I would, my guess is that that is not typical. Like how, how prevalent. Is yeah. This? So, I wish, yeah. you know, I wish I could say, you know, talk on behalf of other teams and uh, what they like to do. But for us, I mean, to give a little more background about what we do, I mean, we do extensive video much more than uh, teams in MLS based on, you know, what I hear from my friends around the league. And even I was talking to Josh Sims on, you know, he's, he's came over from Southampton and he says he does uh, up to 15 minutes of video the day before the game and maybe 15 video, a uh, 15 minute video recap of the game after, um, after the game. And so I think that kind of highlights the differences in, you know, um, differences in ideas uh, versus, you know, our club and basically clubs around the world. I mean, Southampton's playing in the best league in the world and still they don't find uh, video analysis to be too important to them. And so I think at Red Bull, we just have a different way of doing things. And when we go over teams, we're looking at individual players' statistics. You know, we're looking at team statistics. Which way are they attacking um, in terms of, you know, are they going down the right side, center, left side, um, different things that you can find on Opta. Um, I don't think we go as in depth as you guys do. Um, but I think what you guys do adds, uh, adds great color to, you know, our system and, you know, what we do well and even highlights things that, that we can improve on. So I think that that's really interesting and it, it all varies club to club. Um, but in my opinion, and, you know, like Drew and I have talked about a little bit, you know, it's, it's better to leave no stone unturned and it's better to, mm-hmm. to have more information than less. I mean, I think at a certain point, um, Sometimes you can read too much into things. Um, but for me, I think it's about finding that balance and uh, trying to honestly assess your play and, and see what you can do to improve and um, things that are, are going well to continue doing those things. I know that like a lot of, well, we don't see like a ton of, like I said, a lot of times players don't talk about it. And when they do talk about like XG, when someone asks them, uh, you know, sometimes there's kind of a, they either kind of like say, okay, well, we don't pay attention to any of that. I don't know anything about right. that. Um, is that just sort of like a player culture thing? Does that differ from, you would say that's like a club culture difference or? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to think about that. And, you know, at, at Red Bull, we, to be honest, we don't use expected goals uh, too much. You know, if, I think if we're trying to look at a game and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to see, you know, who's favorite tilted in, I think we'll look, you know, on the surface at the opted data and we'll look at, you know, shots, shots on goal corners um different uh, possession to an extent um but obviously we have a very different opinion of possession than than other teams Mm -hmm. um but in general i think um it's true that in soccer players and staff they don't look too much at expected goals um unless you really dig into the numbers and i think it's just this idea that that in soccer uh statistics statistics don't tell the entire story like maybe they do in basketball or baseball uh, or even football you know in versus other american sports and so um i think that there's a a, a slight maybe negative connotation in, in that regard but like i said i think it's important to to look at the numbers and understand how they fit in with your tactics fit in with your outlook of the game what you're trying to achieve and um, I think that they can positively or negatively, you know, reinforce uh, what you're doing and what you need to improve on. So personally, you can tell that, you know, I'm a big fan and obviously I'm learning so much. You know, I, 
I can't remember all. I, I have to go to your glossary often to, to better <laughs> understand, uh, um, you know, what points you're making. Um, and sometimes it's over my head, but luckily Drew has uh, been able to break it down for me. But um, yeah, I think it's still something that's um, growing within the sport. But even when I think about, you know, the future of, of soccer in our country, you can just tell that numbers are becoming more and more important. Like I was even thinking about the data, you know, sports science and the data and, and the running oh, yeah. um, and the running data that, you know, every single training session that, that we do at Red Bull is very carefully calculated in terms of how much we're running, how hard we're running. They have a idea of how much each drill, how much running each drill requires in terms of running. And so they can construct a session that gives them the exact numbers that they want, um, the exact output that they want from each player. And that can be tailored to give the team the best chance to be fit and ready to go on the weekend. And so I think what's happening in soccer now is teams are becoming more and more open to data and numbers and looking at those numbers to find ways to gain an edge on, on other teams. And so I'm always, a, as you could tell, I, I'm always supportive of, of looking at data. And I think that as teams continue to look at the numbers and, you know, the different algorithms that you guys have built, not only you, but, you know, analytic teams uh, across the country or across the world have built. I think that, um, you know, that can continue to give you that edge that you need to, uh, you know, win games, which at the end of the day is the most important stat. Yeah. Uh, so you so say Jesse prints out that article. Yeah. And you read it. What what I guess maybe this is a question for him as much as anybody, but what is what does he hope that you're getting out of that? Like, how do you take that, yeah. I guess, and translate or, you know, do you try to take something from that and translate it to the field or? Yeah, I think yeah. it it reinforces, uh, you know, the important principles that, you know, we live and die by. And that's um, and, you know, you, the, the audience will have to take a look at the, the article to, to better understand what I'm talking about. But. Um, the idea that we play with a higher line, the idea that we try to control spaces with our press, the way that that we try to force the team to play down, you know, one side versus the other to to maybe restrict some of their better attacking uh, players. That's important. And I think in the article, um, you know, the author highlighted how how strong our press has been. And I think one interesting takeaway was that we turn that we're able to turn over teams um, much more often than any other team in the league, but our expected goals based off those turnovers um, isn't as uh, as high as maybe other teams who win the ball um, in those same areas. And so I think the takeaway from that and something that we always try to continue to work on and sharpen at Red Bull is slowing down in the final third. And so I think that um, in a way, this article highlighted a, a good message, and I'm, and I'm sure I can't remember the specifics, and Jesse didn't work with us too much longer after this article was released, but I'm sure the he message... figured his from, work was done. So Exactly. He read the <laughs> article, and he's like, I'm done here. I'm heading to Europe. He actually just sent, he sent Leipzig the article, and they were like, okay, this makes sense, Jesse. This is a great resume. Come on over. <laughs> so it's actually, you guys, you guys made it all happen. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, as, as I was saying, so we turn, we're able to cause a lot of turnovers. You know, we're very aggressive in our press, win tackles, interceptions, everything. Um, but then what we struggle with 
and this dates back to 2015, is winning the ball and being able to slow down. And I think slow down and ultimately score. You know, the, the whole point of working that hard defensively is to score and in turn win games. And one of the things that's difficult with our system is we're going, we're hunting the ball. You know, we're going at 100 miles an hour to try and um, press this team and win it. And we're so aggressive that when we win it, we're, we're kind of still going at that same speed and we're rushing plays and um, forcing different plays instead of having the awareness um, and I guess the calmness to, to pick out the right pass. And so I'm sure that was Jesse's message coming out of this article that he's really happy with how we've been able to press teams and how the data reflects that, um, but that we can even be better in terms of scoring goals and closing games out. Um, but I, I remember there was another section of the article that talked about how we have strong starts to the game and strong finishes to the game. And the author pointed out that the fitness is a, is a big uh, factor there. And I, and I would agree with that. I think sessions were with Jesse were really demanding. And so he always stressed, you know, good starts because you can set the tone of the game um, in those fi first 15 minutes. And then also being able to have that, fitness and desire to play a complete 90 minute game. So um, even reading the article again last night, I thought it was really on point. Um, you can tell that there's a lot of details that went into it, a lot of care. And, you know, I'll always give you guys credit no matter what, because this isn't your day job. You know, this is more of a hobby for you guys. And, um, you know, I just think that the quality of work is still so high and you can tell that you guys know what you're talking about. And you're also trying to see things, um, in all ways, which which isn't always easy because you can always cherry pick data. Um, but I thought that that was a, a really good article and obviously opened my eyes. And, um, you know, for the team, it was good to to hear that and see that, um, especially when you're, you're working so hard defensively, that doesn't always get noticed. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a, a cool moment for for I'm sure for you guys to hear that Jesse's reading it, but also for oh, yeah. the players, for the players and the staff to know that a lot of hard work goes in, into training and goes into games and the little details and for it to, for the data to reflect that was um, uh, really cool to hear. So one thing you just mentioned that I think is a really good point, and it's something that we are constantly looking at ways to do, and it's hard, is to evaluate uh, defense. Uh, right. It can be, um, you know, we have XG and XA and goals and assists for right. our attacking players and our goalkeepers. We can look at saves and save percentage. But for defenders, you know, it, it's difficult because a lot of the times the stats that we give you, tackles, interceptions, um, clearances, whatever they may be, um, they don't always, those really require a lot of context to understand. So, right. like, what do you think about, like, uh, against Colorado um, you know, like we were looking at your stat line and you had like five interceptions and four tackles, which is a really good return, like as far as defensive right. actions go in our game. Uh, but if I say that to you, um, like, how do you kind of like evaluate yourself? Like, how do you rate that? Like, do you want to see those numbers higher or lower? Or is that something you think about? Or, or, or how, does, how yeah. does stats kind of get into your defensive uh, defensive actions, I guess? How does that fit into your philosophy? Right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting um, because you have to again, look at things from all sides and um, it's not always easy to just pick a few numbers. You know, obviously I want to have a high number of tackles. Maybe that's not so obvious, but I do want to have a high number of tackles. I want to have high number of interceptions because interceptions I've come to learn is when you're able to close an opponent down, he passes it 
he tries to pass it and you block it, that's cons- um, to my understanding, that's considered an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, so closing the, the time and space down for the opponent is really important in our system. So having interceptions is important. And, you know, one of the bigger ones, too, um, is just winning your duels. And we talk about that a lot. Um, and I'm sure every team talks about that is to win the, the battle um, of the guy you're playing against. And so you want to win those physical duels. You want that to turn into opportunities for your own team. So personally, I'll look at duels. I'll look at tackles. I'll look at interceptions, clearances to an extent. Um, aerial duels are important as well. Um, and so after games, you know, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try not to look at it too close um, to when the game finished, but I'll take a day or two. And then when I want to mm-hmm. really start thinking about my performance, I'll, I'll try to look at the numbers on Opta, you know, Red Bull helps me get those numbers and, you know, I'll try to see how involved I was defensively. Um, I think that it's really important to have that physical presence in the center of midfield, especially, you know, in our system. Um, you want to be in there breaking up plays. And so that, those are kind of the numbers that I use to to analyze that. Another thing is to look at um, touches and passes. I mean, it's also important to understand who you're playing against. We have a, a stat and, um, you know, I hope I'm allowed to say this because I don't know if it's strictly Red Bull, but um, it's called PPDA. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yep. Passes okay. for defensive okay. action. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So this isn't some like secret Red Bull formula. <laughs> right. So passes for defensive action, which we look at a lot. So when we're ever, whenever we're playing an opponent, we have a good understanding of whether whether they're going to sit in a block, let us have the ball, or if they're going to try to press us, you know. And I think um, some of the better pressing teams off the top of my head are like New York City, mm-hmm. uh, Philly, Philly to an extent. And then one of the lower ones is um, like Colorado. And so even though they had a new coach, um, you have to also understand that they're going to be sitting back a lot. They're going to be um, they're going to let you have the ball and they're not going to have the ball too much. So if they don't have the ball too much, then there's not too much I can do in terms of defensive actions. So when I look at it like that, um, even though we had the majority of possession, it's good, in my opinion, that I was still able to have uh, a number of defensive actions. Um, and then at the same time, I was able to have a high number of passes, passes completed. And then also with Red Bull, it's, um, you know, we value passes differently than other teams. And we value a forward pass much more um, than, say, a team like Toronto, who is great with the ball. But they also use a lot of sideways passes, backwards passes to try to stretch the opponent. And so it's kind of factoring in a, a, a number of different things to to better understand my performance. Um, but in terms of that Colorado game, um, you know, I, I individually, I walked away happy with the defensive actions, my involvement on the ball. Um, but obviously again, and I can't stress this enough, especially in our line of work, the most important thing is, you know, the, the scoreline at the end of the game, regardless of expected goals. I mean, it can tell you more about the game, but, um, at the end of the day, they're going to walk home happy with three points and we're going to be furious. So, um, that's a, a bit of a ramble, but that's kind of how no, my mind processes <laughs> a game. And, and to play, uh, you know, the other side of the coin, I remember we played Chicago at home earlier in the year, and we won 3-1, I think. And I don't even want to know what the expected goals were, but I'm sure Chicago, I mean, Chicago had so many chances. And I just remember walking, the, uh, walking away from that personally, being a center midfielder. They came to our building, 
they had a lot of possession, a lot of chances, and I still didn't have too many defensive actions. And so for that game, I walk away, you know, pretty pissed off at myself. Um, and so that kind of shows you the, the other side and um, a time where I could definitely be upset with myself and understand that there's a, a lot of room for improvement. So um, in general, though, I, I'm looking for high defensive actions, um, high number of uh, duels won, and also uh, a lot of passes on the ball, especially forward breaking lines. So, excellent. So, yeah. oh yeah, we're gonna go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Um, so, uh, it, it's interesting in that I think Red Bull has certainly changed style over the last few years, and kind of along with that, your role has changed. Uh, I yeah. mean, tell me if tell me if you disagree, but uh, it seemed like the first couple of years in the league, you were more attacking. And then uh, the last couple of years have moved kind of more into the traditional six role on yeah. defensive midfield. How are the numbers that you look at? Do you look to different things to evaluate your performances? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, no, that's yeah. It's really interesting when you say that, because I feel like even from last year to this year, my role has changed, you know, Obviously, we lost Tyler Adams, who is a great player. But when you look at our uh, stat lines, you know, we didn't score much. I think I had eight assists last year, maybe four primary assists, four secondary assists. And I'm sure Tyler was around the same numbers. But in the Red Bull system, I think traditionally goals aren't um, expected much of you. Uh, We are not expected to score much. um, And that was certainly true last year with Tyler, where neither of us had a goal. but now this year, I find myself more uh, defensive than, um, you know, say Mark Tchaikovsky or um, Christian Caceres. And those are guys that uh, love to run forward late, um, try to get on, get on the end of shots and, um, you know, final plays. And at the same time, I have the most experience with the system. You know, I've been, it, I've been here for now this is my fifth season. And so I have a good idea of what things start to look like when they break down and trying to see, see plays earlier and cut out plays um, that could potentially pin the opponent in, in their half. And so I've had a, a much more defensive uh, outlook in that regard. And the way I rationalize it is I, I hope that um, it gets those guys in better positions and gives them more freedom to find the game further up the field and hopefully find, um, you know, a goal or an assist. And, um, I think that applies for, you know, whether I'm playing with Mark or Christian and also for Kaku, you know, to give Kaku that freedom to roam the field. And um, for me to have the responsibility to to think about the worst case scenario, if the ball turns over, am I working with the center backs, Aaron and Tim, to, to put out fires before they happen? And so in terms of how I look at numbers this year, it, it doesn't differentiate too much. And to be clear, last year, I about the time I found the article or Jesse showed me the article, that's when I started to get more into data and stats. And so that's when I started to take a look at the the numbers provided by Opta. And, you know, my, my outlook hasn't changed much. Uh, for me this year, I've had less assists, far less assists, um, less key passes. I think part of that is I'm on less set pieces now that Mark's playing more. He's a smaller guy, but also has great delivery. Um, and so that's why I take even more pride in the defensive actions, because obviously I want to be 
important to the team in that regard. I want to be able to break up plays. And so um, I think my numbers defensively, based on, you know, some of the data that you were able to provide me have have increased um, in terms of defensive actions, which is something that I'm happy about. And it's interesting when you talk about defensive stats, because they're not they're not the prettiest, you know, they, they often mm-hmm. go under the radar. And, you know, even with you guys, uh, you know, one of the questions I had was on your site, you can't find anything about defensive data, even though um, I'm sure you guys have, have access to the, to the opt-in numbers. But at the end of the day, I don't even blame you because the number, it's not that sexy. And, um, you know, for a regular spectator, they're not always going to notice little things like interceptions or tackles one. They're going to notice um, great passes um, that lead to goals. They're going to notice the goals. Um, they're going to notice the dribbling. And, um, you know, that's certainly not uh, – dribbling is certainly not part of my team. <laughs> so um, that's why I think, you know, it's another reason why I enjoy looking at the data because, for me, I love defending. I love breaking up plays. I love doing the dirty work. And, um, you know, if my numbers reflect that, then I feel good about my performance. And, you know, that's uh, – you know, that's really important to me um, to continue to be a, an important part of this team and help the team out as much as possible in, in that regard. So that's a very long winded answer, but you know, I hope that I hope that answers it there. So I was going to say that we could, you could we could finish up with you uh, asking some questions of us. And uh, that <laughs> yeah. was that's a really good one. So yeah. um, if Drew, I, I, I so one of the things that's interesting about defensive um, stats, and I think a lot of people probably wonder this is not that it's not sexy or interesting. It's just that it's really difficult without context. So, like, if I were to put yeah. your numbers next to, um, let's say, Chad Marshall was a guy that yeah. a lot of people, I think, would agree was an incredible defender. But, yeah. like, his defensive actions don't look that high. Like, it, it's right. just something else in the way that the team lines up. It's something else in the way that, that there's a philosophy there. Whereas, I think in your role, you're tasked more with chasing the ball and attacking the ball more often, I'd assume, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, if I put you and him next to each other without explaining all that, just in a simple table, it, it kind of would give right. the impression that like you're six times the defender that Chad Marshall is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's not really like, it, it's hard to do without context. It's something we're always looking at though. We really want to like get more defensive stuff. Yeah, is, no, I, I completely agree with that. And I think uh, another thing to specify here is that I'm not, when I look at data, I'm not looking at it, uh, you know, versus another team because we all play very different. Exactly. Styles. Yeah. It's not fair for me to, to compare my defensive actions with Michael Bradley because I might have far more, but you know, he might have a lot more passes or something of, of that nature. But what's useful for me is to look at my body of work from this year and compare it to that same body of work in that time frame from last year mm-hmm. and comparing my defensive numbers from this year to maybe Tyler's or Dax's or Felipe's um, in years past. And so I think it's always important that when you're looking at data, especially in soccer, that, you keep in mind that different teams have different tactics, different goals, different ways of playing the game. And that's what makes the sport so amazing and beautiful. And um, I still think that there could be uh, a way. And I know, again, it's not it's not easy. And it's easy for me to say from this side of the laptop <laughs> where I just get to enjoy the, the data. But um, I think it, there's still a way to, because as far as I know on Opta, you can't really come. Uh, it's hard to tell how you stack up in the league for um, you know, tackles or interceptions um, versus other players. And I know here, like, you can easily look at shots. You can look at shots on target um, and how that stacks up to the rest of the league. And I think um, 
you know, that might be possible for tackles or interceptions or um, it would even be just useful just to see all the Red Bull, um, the Red Bull data or the Red Bull data from years past. And again, I don't know how difficult that is. And again, I know that this is all like kind of pro bono from you guys, but that was just, uh, just a thought that I had. Yeah, well, listen, we do nothing but judge you guys from the other side of a spreadsheet. So this is yeah. perfectly fair game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our, our ultimate goal really is to render you unemployed because the games are being played on spreadsheets. Uh, exactly, so, yeah. So beware. So I, I, yeah. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, like, uh, another thing that, um, you know, another stat that I found really interesting, and uh, sorry if I'm cutting you off here, but that was the, um, I'm going to pull it up here, was the buildup. And I thought that that was a really cool stat. And, that, you know, I, I'm so curious about all the different um, – um statistics and how you guys build them um but like let's take expected build up for for red bull and that's an area drew that you mentioned that i'm able to place you know at the top of for the team and so um if you could if you could tell talk to me about how you guys are able to quantify that and how you take raw data and kind of get it to spit back a number like that that would be really interesting in, in my opinion yeah so what we do is we take you know we have all the events basically that happen in a game on the ball that is and obviously they are split up so you know we can see passing sequences uh defensive actions that divide right. possessions so what we're able to do is we're able to sequence all of the actions and split them into what we call uh possession chains which i guess that's okay what a normal person would call them as a possession chain um, yeah and so what we, the way we, uh, the next step there is we do uh, expected goal chains, which is four possession chains that end in a shot. What is the expected goal value of that shot? And then we're able to, what we do is we assign that expected goal value to all the people that were involved in okay. that goal chain. So right. players like yourself or, you know, people that aren't necessarily taking that final shot uh, yeah. are still getting credit for their role uh, in the buildup. Uh, so that's the expected goal chain. And then expected buildup throws out the expected goal value for the people that take that final shot or make okay. the assist. So it really is like, these are the people that, uh, these are the players that are involved in, uh, you know, building the offense, right. but they okay. aren't the ones that are, you know, taking the final shot. So like, you know, there's players like Giovinco, Obviously, he had huge expected goal chain, but right. he was mostly making the final pass or taking the final shot. So his expected buildup numbers really weren't that good. Uh, so, you know, it's a good way, whereas Michael Bradley's were. And right. So it's an easy way to contextualize uh, role and, uh, you know, how involved in the, you know, if, if it's some player that, like, maybe they have a... Uh, Maybe they're not, you know, involved in really any of those things. They're more defensive yeah. minded. It's it's easier to dif differentiate roles. Yeah, and I thought that that was a, a really cool statistic, and um, you know, it it helped uh, illustrate how important buildup is without you know the the eye catching pass or the eye catching you know shot. And so that was pretty cool to see from my end. And um, yeah, I was really really happy that you highlighted it. So uh, maybe you answered this question with the defensive stuff, but is there any, 
Are there any metrics or things that you wish we could measure better with analytics? I mean, I feel like soccer is in many ways fledgling compared to the the other sports, especially in defensive stuff. But is there any aspect of the game that you're like, man, I really wish I had a way to measure myself uh, in this way? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting, and and I touched upon it um, a little bit earlier, is the distance covered per player. And I know that that's not something that that, um, is easy. And to give the audience a little more background on how we're able to track that is we wear those sports bras and we have a little GPS pod on our back that uh, obviously follows us the whole game. And it's able to track how far we the total distance covered. HML, which is high speed running, um, your top speed and um, amount of sprints, decelerations, accelerations, all of that. And I think that's something that us as players really enjoy looking at after the game, you know, like how hard did we work? And I think sometimes from, from the outside, it's difficult to appreciate how much effort goes into um, just running and, you know, making the, making the game happen. And so um, you know, this is kind of me just uh, running with this thought, but it is interesting that it would be interesting for you guys to to see how much ground. And I guess maybe you can see that a little bit in the heat map. I'm not sure exactly how that um, works, but I think it would be interesting for people to to better understand how much running and effort the game actually requires um, and how that different differentiates uh, from team to team and um, you know, I think that that for me, it, as a player, it's it's really interesting, and I would be curious to see how our numbers and our style of play stacks up against you know teams around the league. You know, it's interesting. Like one of the things that, and I agree with you. I'd love to. We, yeah, that would be fantastic. Like my <laughs> least favorite things I hear from soccer fans are X is lazy or X just yeah. disappeared during the game. And it's like they didn't yeah. just because they left the TV screen doesn't mean they're not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, exactly. So it would be really a, good. To really, yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, it, it, I'm trying, you know, obviously I'm thinking about my, my, myself uh, specifically, but I think some, you know, one thing that's overlooked uh, for me is the, is the amount of ground that I cover. And, I think part of the reason is because I look like I have like a, you know, a piano on my back when I run. And so I'm not like the quickest guy, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to catch your eye. Like Tyler Adams, like if you watch this guy, you could watch him run all day long and it's so impressive. And, you know, all of us don't have those gifts, but at the same time, uh, you know, a lot of work is being put in. And I think, you know, with, with guys that kind of fall under the radar in terms of uh, running, you know, on my team, it's like even Kaku runs a, a, a ton. And um, Alex Mule runs a ton. Reese Buckmaster, who came in as right back um, mm-hmm. recently, he covers a ridiculous amount of ground. And so that's, again, it's not always recognized um, by the, you know, the eye test. And that's completely fair. You know, that's, it's not a, so important how much each guy runs. But I think the, the overall effort that players in general put into the game is often, often underappreciated and, it's, I just find it very interesting how different teams have different tactics and um, require different guys on the field um, to run and press and, um, you know, manage the game differently. So um, I mentioned that we, we have GPS pods that track that. Sometimes they have uh, cameras in the stadium that can um, better track us and that way we don't have to wear like an uncomfortable sports bra. Um, but I know that in other sports, you know, sometimes even in um, in Europe, you know, sometimes you'll watch 
um, some of the top leagues or you'll watch these uh, European international games and the guy will run off the, or the World Cup, you know, they'll run off the field and and all of a sudden, you know exactly how much the guy ran. And I, yeah. I thought that was really cool. And, that you know, I think that would be an interesting stat to bring to MLS. And, um, you know, that data would be pretty fascinating, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I, that's all yeah. my questions. <laughs> questions? Yeah. All right. That's uh, great. No, yeah, no, I, I mean, the only other thing I had was, uh, you know, I find it fascinating. I, I talked to Drew about this a little bit. And I don't know if this is uh, public knowledge, but just the, the breakdown of goals and how they happen all over the world and how there's a similar trend. And, um, you know, I, we talk a little bit about it at Red Bull, but I think the, the statistic is that 60% of the goals are scored around 10 seconds after a turnover, you know, when a team is loses the, uh, the ball yeah. in that spot or the team is stretched and disorganized because of that um, turnover. And 30% are scored on set pieces and only 10% are scored through build up, like a, you know, elaborate build up possession play. And I thought that that's uh, those are beautiful goals without a doubt, but it's just not the most common goal in soccer. And, you know, when I heard that it obviously reinforces our style of play a little bit. And it makes sense to me why, you know, Red Bull Global would go with this outlook. And I think, even in this last World Cup, the 2018 World Cup, I remember hearing, uh, you know, almost every game came down to um, one goal and it came down to a set piece. And so it was a little more, um, you know, set piece goals were a little more prominent in the World Cup um, in 2018. But overall, if you look at all the leagues in the world, I think that that's a, a really telling stat and um, it helps you see the game a little bit differently. And, you know, when you're watching games this weekend, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, look at a, a number of different goals that fall into those buckets. And I, I, I found that pretty interesting. It really seems like the press has just become almost standard for most teams across the world now. Certainly, like, yeah, um, for sure. I think that that's sort of where you see that. And yeah, it's true. It's great because set pieces are cool because you can control a lot more variables than you can in open play. Um, and, uh, you know, the pressing is to like do the opposite, it's to like unsettle as many variables as you can. Uh, right. So it's it is really cool. It's it's really neat to see that. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned how the press has become a lot more common. I completely agree, and especially in MLS, I feel like a lot of teams are are pressing more. They have more elaborate, um, you know, defensive t like shape and tactics, and um, even counter pressing. You know, as soon as you lose the ball, trying to win it back. I think that that's something that a lot of teams have um, started to implement. And I'd like to think that you know Red Bull is has helped the league evolve a little bit in that regard. So I think we should take a little bit of credit for that. I agree. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sean, th thank you, man. That was great. No, thank you guys. You know, I, obviously you could tell I could talk about this stuff all day. So I really appreciate you guys having me. And, you know, thank you for all the, the help so far. It's It's been great to have, have some awesome visuals of my season up to this point and, uh, you know, the different uh, statistics that I could look at. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Sean. Uh, Drew, uh, you can visit the website at www.americansoccernalysis.com. Be sure to do that this week. we got some new content coming up. Uh, otherwise, we'll back to normal stuff next week with me and Harrison. Uh, thank you once again uh, to, to our friend Sean Davis, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, Sean. 
And uh, next time you score a goal, one of those rare occasions, just like grab the microphone <laughs> Bedoya style and just be like, American Soccer Analysis. Yeah, yeah, com. That was my plan. That's why. Yeah, yeah. that's how I got onto this podcast. So. It's such the it's for name of a website. It's just it really rolls off the really tongue. <laughs> it does. It does. But I'll practice. It'll be no problem. Cool, man. Awesome. Thank you guys so much.